everyone. This is Pastor Ryan, and this is our podcast. Welcome to Live Alive Church, and I just want to thank you for listening in. I hope this message encourages you, strengthens your faith, and causes you to keep pressing forward for who God has called you to be and created you to be. God bless. First Samuel chapter 30. When you're there, say amen. First Samuel chapter 30, starting in verse 1. This is what the Bible says. David and his men reached Ziglag on the third day. Now the Machalites had raided the Najib and Ziklag. They had attacked Ziklag and burned it, and had taken captive the women and everyone else in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire, and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. You ever been in that position where you, something has happened so tragically in your life that all you could do is just weep and you got to a place where you just lost all hope, you lost all strength and you lost all vision and you lost all your joy and you lost all your happiness. I mean, come on, I've been in that place where, my God, are you there? Just like Jesus, when he was on the cross, he said, my God, my God, why, how, why, how, why have you forsaken me? You ever been in that place? But can I tell you that God was there all along. He was there even when you thought he wasn't there. He was still watching. And guess what? He was still protecting. And he was still providing even when you didn't think he was. David's two wives have been captured. Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Caramel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. I want you to underline that if you have your Bible. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod. Abiathar brought it to him, and David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, he answered. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. So just to give you some background, David is at a point where the Machalites have taken his wives and taken his children and burned his house down and burned his, friend, his, his soldiers' houses down. And now he's inquiring of the Lord, and the Lord says this, You shall overtake them and succeed in the rescue. Can I tell you that it doesn't matter what you may be going through or no matter what the enemy may have been taken from you, no matter what joy he's been taken from you, no matter what in your life he has tried to take your strength and try to sap your strength by things he may have tempted you with. But I want you to know that he will restore and you will rescue everything that he has ever taken from you. It is yours and you will overtake it. You will overcome it because he said that we are an overcomer. Why? Because 
because if he overcame the cross and we are his and we are and we are in him and Christ is in us there is nothing that the enemy can do to destroy us because he who is in the world is may be strong but guess what the one who is with us is even stronger and you will overtake him let's continue to read pursue them he answered he didn't say run from them he didn't say flee from them he said pursue them you will certainly overtake them. David and the 600 men with him came to Besor Valley, where some stayed behind. 200 of them were too exhausted to cross the valley. But David and the other 400 continued the pursuit. They found an Egyptian in a field and brought him to David. They gave him water to drink and food to eat, part of a cake of pressed figs and two cakes of raisins. He ate and was revived, for he had not eaten food or drunk any water for three days and three nights. So not only did David's children and his wives be taken and his men's wives and children be taken, and not only did he lose his strength, but he hasn't ate in three days or three nights. David asked him, who do you belong to? Where do you come from? He said, I am an Egyptian, the slave of an Amalekite. My master abandoned me when I became ill three days ago. We raided the Najib of the Carathites, some territory belonging to Judah and the Najib of Caleb, and we burned Ziglag. David asked him, can you lead me down to this raiding party? He answered, swear to me before God that you will not kill me or hand me over to my master, and I will take you down to them. So he led David down. And there they, they were, scattered over the countryside, eating, drinking, and reveling because of the great amount of plunder they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from Judah. David fought them from dusk until evening of the next day, and none of them got away except 400 young men who rode off on camels and fled. David recovered everything. The Amalekites had taken, including his two wives. Nothing was missing, young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything else they had taken. David brought everything back. He took all the flocks and herds, and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock, saying, this is David's plunder. That's as far as we got to go. And I want to speak to you today from the thought it could have been worse. It could have been worse. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're here. I thank you that your word, God, is here. And I pray that your word would become flesh today and those who are here today would receive your word. And I pray that you would anoint the ears of those listening today, that God, that this word that I've came to give today would encourage, empower, and equip those who need your word today. God, that they would be filled. I pray, God, that you would give them the kernel of the wheat and that you would blow away the chaff. Now, Father, I pray that you would fill them up today with who you are to overflowing, God. I pray that those who come today are are hungry and ready for your word and that they would receive your word to go out into this world God to not just keep your word in them but to be those who would pour out your word to others father I pray that you would do the miraculous that signs and wonders would take place in our lives today in Jesus name and everybody said amen, amen. I want you to know that there is many attributes that God has amen there is many things to who God really is he is omnipresent which he, he, is, he, is, he is here in the midst of us, and he is everywhere. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. 
and, and he, God is, is all-knowing in all things. He knows all things, is in all things, and through all things. And I just want you to know that in the midst of this, God is your protector. He is a father. Not only is he a protector, but he is a provider. I want you to know that no matter what you've gone through in your life, even when you thought God wasn't there in the midst of struggles and battles and valleys that you face, he has always provided a way of an escape and he's all, always protected you and put a shield around you. He told Job that he had put a hedge of protection around him and the enemy was scared. Satan couldn't touch him. Satan couldn't get near him. Can I tell you that you have a hedge of protection around you that not even the enemy or Satan himself can even come or even touch you or destroy you. Why? Because God's hand is on you. And I want you to know if you dwell in the secret place of the Most High, you shall abide under the shadow of the wing of the Almighty. If you abide under him, he says that my shadow will overcome the enemy and keep you protected from what he is trying to to do in your life. We all have intentions in our lives, but God has his best interest in mind. We all have, the Bible says that, that, that we, we, have, we have these things and that God directs our steps. God directs our steps and we, and we have to understand not only does God direct our steps, but he directs our stops. Not only do, do we, does he direct those things, and the Bible says that we have to walk circumspectly. Do you understand what that means? In other words, what the Bible is saying, that when you walk circumspectly, if you have an addiction to drinking alcohol, it means that you don't go around where the liquor store is you go around it or if you're going to ocean city and you have trouble going to a bar it means you stay away from the bar you walk circumspectly if you if you know where your drug dealer used to be at you don't go down the street your drug dealer went at because why because the enemy knows when to get you and when it's time to get you so you have to understand that you have to walk circumspectly in order to know what god has for you in your life and understand that he is with you you have to understand he is a protector and that he has your best interest in mind even when you think that God isn't up to something he is up to something he is doing something he is behind the scenes and he is laying the foundation of what he is calling you to and what he is doing in your life when it looks like the enemy is working and looks like the enemy is pursuing and it looks like the enemy is oppressing you I want you to know that God God is coming through with an opportunity that he's going to pour out a blessing on you that you can't even obtain. I want you to know that even in the midst of the pressure, God's miracles still will be performed in your life. Even when it looks like it's not happening, it will happen. But you have to understand that through it all, God is protecting and he is providing. Believe it or not, even when you think that he isn't there, he is still there. He is still an ever-present help in the time of need, in the time of trouble doesn't matter what you face or what you go through in this lifetime God will be with you and he knows at the right time and at the right moment when to come through with a breakthrough and when to when and when to give you strength and when to give you opportunity and when to get you through the storm and when to get you through the valley the Bible says that the disciples were on the middle of the lake 
Sometimes God doesn't come through until you're in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a, in the middle of, of circumstances that you can't fight on your own. But guess what the Bible says is that Jesus was on top of the mountain and he, and he was praying and he had looked down and saw the disciples in the middle of the storm and struggling. And that's when he came through walking on top of the water and saw them struggling and helped them get through the storm onto the other side. Even in the midst of the storm, Jesus is still watching everything that you go through this past week there's there's been some circumstances that have taken place in my life where I know that the enemy has been attacking and I know that when the enemy I know that I must be doing something right and you must know that you are doing something right if the enemy is attacking you heavily and uh, this past week uh, my wife was on her way to drop Levi off to school and my car broke down and we had to get a towing truck to come tow it and bring it to get it fixed and and that day, that same day my car broke down, my little boy went to his teacher's house, which is our friend's. He's in a private Christian school. And he went to my friend's house after school, and, and we were on our way. My wife and Liam were on our way to pick Levi up. And, and on our way, we get a phone call from DJ. And he says, Hunter, which is their dog, a black lab, just attacked Levi. So in my mind, I was freaking out. Didn't know how bad it was. I wasn't there. Didn't know what was taking place. I wasn't there. That's, I, and I found out in Snow Hill on my way to Crisfield. So if you can imagine how long that ride was, it felt like eternity. I felt like I was never going to get to him. And all I could hear is him screaming and crying in the background. And when we got there, we finally got there. I went and I grabbed him and I picked him up and I saw blood everywhere. And I saw big gash in his thigh and bites on his hand. And we immediately took him to the Crisfield Hospital and they began to bandage him up and, and clean the womb. And and, and do what they had to do, and they sent, them on, sent us on our way with antibiotic. And, and, you know, I was thinking about this the whole time that when this all happened, and, and some of us here would probably think in a certain circumstance like that in our lives, we would think, God, why didn't you protect him? Or maybe there was something tragic in your life. God, why didn't you, pro why didn't you protect me? Why would you allow that to happen? You know, I, I could sit back and say, God, why... God, you knew this was going to happen already. Why didn't you stop the dog? But you know what? I begin to think about the situation. I begin to think about what happened. And, and, and as I begin to tell people what happened, I started noticing myself saying this. It could have been worse. It could have been worse. Why? Because he could have grabbed his neck and started choking him. Could have ripped his esophagus out or something. I don't know. I'm being kind of vulgar, but... I mean, it could have been worse, right? I mean, he could have been in the hospital for days. I mean, he could have got a hold of his face and scarred his face up. And, 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 and he had to get stitches all in his face and, and it messed his, messed his face up cosmetically. And, but yet it was just something on his thigh. And I begin to think about that, God. We all get that way when things happen in our lives and trouble comes and storms come and valleys come and things begin to happen and circumstance begins to happen. And we all sit back and we get mad at you sometimes and say, God, why didn't you come through and why didn't you protect me? But all along that it could have been worse and God was protecting Levi from it. Levi 
that was still protected by the hand of the Lord because it could have been worse. It could have been his face. It could, it could have been his neck. It could, he could be in the hospital for days on end because of what happened. And, and listen, I want to tell you today that it could have been worse. That relationship that you were in, it, it could have been worse. And, and, and whatever job you have right now and something that may have happened or took place in your occupation, and you know, whatever could have happened, that struggle that could have happened, guess what? It could have been worse. You could have got fired. It, you know, what that accident that you could have got in in a car accident, you know, and, and you walked away with no scratch or no, no, no bruise or, or nothing ever happened to you. Guess what? It could have been worse. Come on, somebody. It could have been worse. It doesn't matter what you go through in life. We can get upset with God, but guess what? We can look back at it and say, God, you protected me the whole way through it all. Why? I might have been mad in the beginning, but God, it could have been worse. The, the circumstances could have been worse. I could have died. I could have, you know, you know, somebody who might have had cancer or some kind of disease or something it could have killed them and it could have been worse it could have killed them but guess what the hand of the Lord was still upon their lives and still protecting them and still with them through it you know and, and I begin to think about it and I keep playing that situation and that story in my mind about what happened with that dog and I say God you know what I got upset for a moment but thank you Lord that you still protected him because it could have been worse whatever that thing is in your life guess what it could be worse you could lose your job and you could have been emotionally broken from a relationship but God still picked you up and gave you strength and still carried you through it doesn't matter what it is that you're going through God is a protector and he is a provider he will always protect you why because he has your best interest in mind do you understand what I'm saying there are many times in our lives that we face battles and we go through struggles. We have to know when and what battles to choose. You always heard the saying, you got to know, you know, know when to choose your battles. You understand what I'm saying? Is the battle worth fighting for? You have to ask yourself. Is it worth fighting for? Is the battle more important or is your sanity more important? <laughs> Can I say that again? Is the battle more important or is your sanity more important? Is the battle more important to fight or you having a right state of mind more important? Or you losing that relationship or you losing that job or, you, or something becoming worse in your life? There's always going to be battles and struggles that we face. We have to know when to fight and when not to fight. The Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but of powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness and heavenly places. The problem with us is we don't understand what is behind the battles we go through. We always think it's fleshly or we think it's a person. If you can get in your mind those struggles that you face against people or against circumstance, it's always spirit driven. There's something that you don't see that is happening in the atmosphere that the enemy is trying to take you out or take you down or put you down or tell you that you're not worthy, tell you that you'll never get through it, tell you that you, you're never going to be an overcomer. There is always a spirit behind it, but I want you to understand that you are waging against a war that you can only fight through prayer. 
and we are waging worthlessly when we get, begin to attack others who may have hurt us. When we continue to talk about people behind their back and we continue to gossip about people, we are only making the situation around us worse. That is what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to fight with your flesh because he knows that you will lose the battle. The only way to win a battle is to fight it spiritually. Well, yeah, I used to fight with my hands, but guess what? Now I fight on my knees. There is nothing else worth dying for only when you continue to pray and give God glory and continue to fight and let him fight the battle for you. David was in a position that I believe that he was going after a battle in this story that he should have never went to in the beginning. Because before David and his men went to Ziklag, where he was living at the time, where the Amalekites came and destroyed the whole village and burned every town and every house down and took all the women and took all the children, David was with the Philistines at that moment. Why? Because David, David ran. We know the story. David ran from Saul because Saul was trying to pursue him to kill him. We know the story about that. Saul was jealous of David because David, why? Killed his tens of thousands of people and Saul only killed his thousands. So David ran and he lived in the Philistine camp for three years. And while he was there, the Bible says that he was going about destroying the enemy but he went with the Philistines to fight the Israelites he so he was on his way to fight the Israelites with the Philistines and Achish one of the army commanders told him that we don't want you to go with us because we're afraid that you're going to turn on us in the midst of the battle fighting your people and that you're going to that you're going to cut our heads off and present them to Saul so you can look like you're better than all of us in, in, in other words so now now you have King David Going back, he told him to go back home. And as he's on his way back home, that's when he comes and he sees that the whole town has been lit on fire and that their women and that the children have been taken. And that's when the soldiers and King David begin to sit there and begin to weep and begin to cry because they couldn't believe what was happening in front of their eyes. Isn't there certain things in our lives that we just can't believe that the enemy, the enemy has came in and destroy things in our lives and we felt like that we'll never get it back we'll we'll, we'll never get our joy back we'll, we'll never we'll never be able to get in a relationship like the one we were I was in because I was just robbed emotionally I spent too much energy I spent too much strength and that's another reason why we walk around struggling and feel like we have no strength is because when we're waging against a war that is spiritual we fight it fleshly and we wonder why we're struggling because it's a war that has to be won in the spiritual realm and David and his men were sitting there crying and weeping and the Bible says that he had lost all his strength but you know what he said Charlie guess where he went he went to the high priest he didn't go to Facebook he didn't go to Instagram what's the other one he didn't go to Snapchat, he didn't go to uh, Twitter, you know, he didn't get on Google and type it in and try to figure out how he can get over this. Guess what? He went to the high priest. Why? Because we have a high priest that has been touched with our infirmities and he knows everything that we have gone through and everything that we have we feel. And guess what? When he went to the high priest, he said, bring me, bring me the ephod. 
Do you understand what the ephod is? The ephod is a garment that the priest would put on, in other words, to praise God and to pray to him. It was an ephod. It was, it was a garment that they would put on, and they, they would have on, a, on the shoulder pads. He would have the, 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 the uh, children of Israel on each arm, and, and who they were, the names of the Israelites and the tribes of the Israelites were engraved on the shoulders. It was an ephod. It was a garment. In other words, what David was doing, even in the midst of everything that was happening, he still went to the high priest, and he still said, you know what? Give me the ephod. In other words, he said, give me the garment of praise because I got to praise my way through this struggle. I got to praise my way through this battle. I got to praise my way through this valley. It doesn't matter what it is in your life, what you're going through. Stop consulting things that are only going to make it worse in your life and just go to the high priest who is Jesus and start going to him and watch him move in the midst of your circumstances. And Why don't you continue to praise him? Because the Bible says where there is a spirit of heaviness that you should put on the garment of praise. I don't know who I'm talking to you guys are looking at me I know you're hungry I'm getting I'm, we're getting there I'm getting there baby I'm getting there but listen we have to get in a place in our lives and understand that we have to position ourselves no matter what we're going through towards the Lord because the only way the victory is going to be won is through praising him and consulting him and going after him and seeking his face the Bible says that if we seek the kingdom first all things will be added unto us we have to get to a place where we are like that because it could have been worse for David in other words he could after after his strength had gone he he went to the high priest and he consulted the Lord and he asked the Lord Lord am I going to win this battle battle can I go back and get my children can I go back and get my wives can we go back and do this and as soon as he went back the Bible says that you will God told him you will overcome and you will rescue everything so when he went he trusted in the Lord on his way can you have you ever been in that place where you just had to trust the Lord in the midst of the circumstance no matter what it was that you were facing that you had to just trust him he told you one thing but you had to trust him he said you're going to overcome, you're going to overcome. He said you will rescue everything, you will res rescue it all. He said I will be with you through it. He said if you go, you'll get everything back. But guess what? It could have been worse. He could have got there and all his children and all his wives and all the other soldiers and all the other children, they could have, the, the Malachites could have destroyed them and could have killed them. But guess what? God in the midst of it still kept them protected. He, he still provided a way for him to get there to be able to bring victory into their lives. It could have been worse. Do you understand? It could have been worse. No, that, that, that struggle that you've been facing, it could have been worse. I just keep... I hear I keep hearing uh, God just saying in your life it could have been worse whatever you were facing it could have been worse but God kept you protected it could have been worse but God still provided a way for you financially and spiritually and and emotionally he still provided a way for you to have what he has he has always intended you to have he has given it could have been worse do you understand let's stand to our feet because I'm getting hungry through it all, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. David gets there and he's on his way. And as I read this story, it reminded me of my son. Yeah, the enemy or the dog. 
you know, attacked my son in, in a way that was very dangerous. And, and as I was reading this story and God reminded me of this story, I was like, wow, that's it's the same thing that really essentially happened to King David. I mean, his village, his whole town was attacked and destroyed. And, I mean, his situation way worse than mine was. I mean, his children were gone. His wives were gone. I mean, and in his mind, he didn't know until after, you know, praying to the Lord on what he should do. All he knew by that point is that they were dead. But yet when he went there, his children were still alive. His wives were still alive. I want you to know the circumstance might be bad, but guess what? There's still hope. There's still freedom. There's still joy. There's still deliverance. There's still peace. It could have been worse. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you.